podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast, broadcasting to you from my house in a field, still in beautiful rural Ireland. I am Trev Denny, and I'm joined today by Simon Brundish, who's guesting for the first time on the show. It's great to have him. By Lisa Marie Hanahan and by Cam Branch. And I'll start with you, Si. Lovely to have you on the show, man. Nice to uh, get a, a new voice to the mix here uh, all the time. So we're hoping we can just have a little bit of fun. Uh, how are you doing, my friend? Great. I'm so excited. This is not my debut. I used to be on here for two years before before Gags decided to, you know, start counting cash and, and rob people. <laughs> are you are you suggesting, sir? Are you suggesting that I, I am implicit and part of some sort of a, a fraud scenario? I, 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 this is a very very bad start. Oh, I know you were, man. I know you were, but uh, just in its current incarnation since I took over, um, it's not a thing. Uh, that we managed to do it. I'm delighted we're doing it today. So I look forward to uh, seeing where you're going with your openings and all the rest, but I'll be right back to you on that. But I just wanted to go to you straight away to uh, acknowledge the fact that we have uh, a new voice in the loop for the show today. And Cam and Lisa Marie, I will come to you as I uh, usually do immediately after I do my uh, little introductory bit. But I just want to say hello quickly to both of you because I know you'll have you'll have openings too. Uh, Cam, have you uh, finished nibbling on that um, kale that you were eating there um, just pre-show to get your energy up? Yeah, just licking my lips and um, just uh, savouring every last minuscule of that lovely corn uh, I, I tried to I tried to give you an in there man I tried to let, let the folks think you were just chomping on some kale but no no, you've, no, no you've, you've, you've blown it they do know better than that Lisa Marie what about yourself any pre uh, pre-pod snacks for you there uh no well, I'm actually still drinking coffee because it's early in the day here <laughs> Yeah, we do. We do tend to forget that uh, we are we are we are very GMT centric, and I can only apologise because uh, it will never stop happening. I'd love to tell you it'll stop happening. It won't stop happening because we. That's only all think, right. That's all right. We only think of ourselves, you know. Um, that's just how we are. Uh, so I have a little quiz for you guys, and um, I think there are ten. I think there are 10. So that should work out. I'm going to give you three each. That should work out. Um, so basically, what I was looking around because of last week's intro where I had uh, Michal O'Murhertig, the greatest of all Irish uh, sports commentators uh, in history, and he was describing how to make a sandwich, uh, which was tremendous uh, um, crack altogether and um, very easy on the ear with his uh, dulcet Kerry uh, uh, rural uh, tones, and so I thought, you know what? I wonder who who people consider to have the most 
uh, you know, almost ASMR voices. Who, who, who do you think people think have the best uh, voices for listening? So I came across a couple of YouTube compilations and the only one I could find that didn't have someone walking all over all of them with an intro, an intro and some of their own stupid rambling in their own distinctly horrible voice was this run of 10 here. So I'm not sure whether they're too easy or too hard, but we're just going to go with them and we're going to go in the order that they weren't there. So Sai, you're up first, then it's going to be Cam, then it's Lisa Marie and so on. I think I have enough to give you three each and we'll see who wins the quiz. So let me ramp this up and I can only apologize because of course it's a phone being played into a microphone. This is the type of high tech that you get here on the AIP. So Cybrandis, you're up first. Here is your voice. Snis, I'll go away happily. But if it's personal, I'll go away. But I won't be happy. Work. Play. Now, you know what? I didn't do you justice there. I'm going to give you a little bit more that because I thought I had gotten it at an earlier point. Here we go. Let me just go to that again. Business decision or is it personal? Because if it's business, I'll go away happily. But if it's personal, I'll go away. But I won't be happy. So what do you reckon? Any guesses? On Dude, uh, I, you have no idea how. So the thing that I have with numbers is the opposite of the thing that I have with names. I, I I'm <laughs> have to check my screen to remember your names right now. <laughs> I haven't got a clue who this dude is. I'm, go, I'm going the blonde fella from Dawson's Creek. The blonde fella from Dawson's Creek is probably just about as far away as it could be. Fair play, though. I do like this. I, I, I have a sense Simon may not be the winner of this particular quiz. Let's see how it goes, though. I can throw it open um, just for the crack to the other two. Anyone got a guess who that is? He did voice a really well-known animated character in recent times. <laughs> Fucking tumbleweed. Tumbleweed on the lines here. <laughs> it is Will Arnett who did Lego Batman and several other things, of course. No way. That that is down that must be your your phone. Because that sounded really tinny. And well on that, like the the sound of his voice would rumble my Pepsi Max. <laughs> I'm afraid it was a direct quote. Anyway, here we go, Cam Branch, with yours. Play, friendship, family. These are the things that matter. This is what we've forgotten. Ah, blown out a bit there. Cam, any guesses what you think that one is? Earth to Commander. Have we lost him? He's on mute. Yeah, I was on mute. Sorry. Um, right, go on then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think. Um, what was the, I know. I know. Sai knows it because he suddenly put loads of hands up in the chat. He, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, guess what? It's my go. You're not getting no bonus points here. So um, if I, you get a zero, I'm going to go for a zero as well. Um, I'm thinking of the guy in um, from Shawshank's Redemption for some reason. Don't know why. Probably a million miles by now. 
I've forgotten his name. The guy, um, the guy from Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, what was his name? Like, was it the black Robin? one or the white one? Well, I know it's not Morgan Freeman, so uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go for the white one here, side. Let's play the race card already. It's not even been I even know his name. You know, and he's he, he slagged off Tandon about cash, being a cash counter. <laughs> now he's played bringing black and white into it. I mean, where are we going next, Sai? Um, you, can, you can keep deflecting from the fact that you don't know the answer as yeah, long as you like. Point. <laughs> so, I, I guess I'm going to throw it open to the other two then, I'm afraid. Go ahead. So you know, yes? Yeah, Sai raised his hand. Let him go. I do. You don't know, at least I know this. It's Mork. It is Mork. Oh, Robin. <laughs> it is. It is old Robin Williams. It sure is. Uh, yeah. Yes. Good. 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 Now I have to say that just the way this has fallen, there's a bit of a clue in this next one, so nothing I can do about it. But anyway, Lisa I'll Marie. I'll probably need we, it. It's okay. Here we go with yours. These are things that matter. Okay. There's the end of Cam's one. All right, Mark. Get on with it. Simplest things. Here we go. Okay. So that's so, um, Patrick Stewart. That is Patrick Stewart. <laughs> the other lads are probably sickened. But I would have known it without the Enterprise because actually Star Trek New Generation is the only Star Trek that I ever watched. So, and it was because of Patrick Stewart because he does have a fantastic voice. He, he, he is the right Star Trek. It, it is the right Star Trek. It it's, the, it's the correct one. Although, I mean... I hope we're not including the original in this chat because that's the only answer. But 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 I I, I digress. Uh, okay, next one up. So this is actually this is a bit ridiculous because this is going to be even more of a gimme than the previous one because of a hint in it. But anyway, so maybe a little bit of Patrick at the end and then your one. Okay, bit of a giveaway at the start in terms of character names. And I think even if it is a tinny phone, you can probably pick that one up. What is your call on that one, Sorry. Okay, so I'm just guessing now none of you listen to the TV pod that I used to do on here. I don't even remember what it's called. On the Box. On the Box, on the box I did listen to it. We, we discussed the greatest TV shows of all time, and one of uh, the winner was Dexter, and one of the runners-up, was uh mainly because of gags was breaking bad uh and i literally haven't seen it so um but i know it's that guy because you know it's like that the, guy so he sounds like the guy he sounds like the guy from from uh malcolm in the middle so you've you've left me with a quandary can i give it to you for the guy from breaking bad I'm well the fact that. that he threw in malcolm in the middle i think yes because he was also in malcolm 
bit of corroborating Brian Cranston evidence. Yes, we'll give you that one. That's one each then for uh, Sai and Lisa Marie, but there are two more in this particular round. Next up, I think I'm right in saying is Cam. So here we go, Cam. At one time, most of my friends could hear the bell, but as years passed, it fell silent for all of them. Even Sarah found one Christmas that she could no longer hear its sweet sound. Though I've grown old, the bell still rings for me, as it does for all who truly believe. Right. Probably not a bad one, that cam. I imagine you've got this one in the bag, right? No. No. Oh. <laughs> 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 you sounded familiar. <laughs> Again, he, he sounds like the guy from Future Redemption, the right one. Um, uh, I, I, I generally, I, I, so oh, saying, I feel like you're getting all, all white Americans men. All Americans sound the same. Is is that where you're going with? Yeah, that? That, it, that's exactly. I think I think you've both got between both of you. I think we've discovered that it's Cam indeed who's playing the race card because he thinks all white Americans sound the same. That's uh, that's that's quite grim, Cal. Uh, so no no uh, no su- no suggestions, <laughs> no no suggestions, my friend. No. Yeah, I'm just leaving the chat now. Cam has left the group. Uh, okay, yes. I'm going to pass it over, and obviously we can see that Young Brundish knows the answer to this one as well. I would have thought that was. I raised prob- my hand too. I thought it was. I thought it was the easiest one. So it is who? Go ahead, between the two of you. Go, Lisa. You can have it. Tom Hanks. It is Tom Hanks. It's you know, yeah, the, yeah, that's the guy. That's the that's the one. <laughs> that's the one. That's the he did also movie. do a baseball movie. You're right. <laughs> he did. He's done several movies. <laughs> yes. I was thinking the Green Mile. I'm not sure Shakespeare. Yes, he did do the Green yeah, Mile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lisa Marie, you're there's, up. There's one with a ball on a beach as well. I'm sure. Yes. And there's one of him running somewhere. Cast away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Lisa Marie, you're up. This very minute, dark forces attempt to penetrate this castle's walls. But in the end, their greatest weapon is you. Just something to think about. Okay. All right. I can't think of the actor's name, but it's the voice there was Dumbledore from Harry Potter. <laughs> Very good. Very good. So all you gotta do is pick the uh pick the the the, the actor name. How, do, you, do you do you have a clue like have you watched these oh, movies? I've, oh yes, I've watched all the movies multiple right. times. All right. but, so, but to be fair, there were two actors who played the character. Um That is that is true. I think it was Richard Harris was one. This is the other was guy. the first one. Oh shit, yeah. what is the other guy's name? This is um, the- no hands being raised this time around, I noticed. All right. Is his first name Michael? Or am I it just... is. It <laughs> is. Oh. Jordan. Jordan. <laughs> what a better play, you know, bringing a person. I can't think of the last name. I could see his face, too. Keaton. Okay. Hey, I think I, I mean, I let Simon give, you know, the guy from Malcolm in the Middle. So come on. 
Well, yeah, it's going to be up to your fellow comp- competitors if they're happy enough to give it to you as Dumbledore from Harry Potter. What do you think? I had the first name. I had half his name, too, by the way. You know what? Oh, sorry, Harry. You know what? I'm going to go in two-footed here and say that this, yeah, you've got this one. Okay, that's two for you. Uh, and that is uh, Michael Gambon is who that was. There we go. And that means that the last one in our little quiz is for Sai. Here we go. Oh, no, hang on. Did I start with you, Sai? I you did start, start with, with you, This is the last round. So this we is the last round. We've all had three each. We've all had three each, and Lisa Marie's got now two. Sai has one. Sai has one. Okay, here we go. So if you, if you can crack this one, Sai, we could have a tiebreaker. Here's the first one of the last round for you, Sai. Whoa, that's not that's not enough to deal with here. Let me let me go here. Full anger, strangling the grief until the memory of your loved one is just poisoning your veins. One day you catch yourself wishing the person you loved had never existed. So you'll be spared your pain. Right. Tricky one at the end here for you. Yeah, this goes straight to my brain doing the thing that I told you about right at the beginning. I know exactly who this is. I know which movie. I just can't remember his goddamn name. Really? Um, Okay, okay. Can you give me... Oh, my God. I can give you 12 movies, is it? Go on, then. I can't remember the name of those either. (laughs) (laughs) This is very, very... so, So basically, right, he is every mean Irish dad that wears a long leather trench coat and is secretly used to be some kind of SAS or Cobra soldier. Oh, I'm giving gonna, it to you. It's going to rip out your throat. For you stealing got it. Thought. You got it. It's Liam Neeson, dude. Liam, Liam Neeson. Neeson. Jesus yeah. Christ, he's only won an Oscar. Who, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't know that. All right, Cam, you've got, a, you've got an opportunity here to pick your score up off the floor. Your last one. Um, is it from Shawshank's Redemption? No, it's not from Shawshank Redemption. I'll give you a clue. It's a white guy. <laughs> Here we go. Concealed within his fortress, the Lord of Mortor sees all. His gaze pierces cloud, shadow, earth, and flesh. Right. How about that? I tell a lie, that's actually possibly, depending on whether you know the movie or not, either very easy or very tricky indeed. Um, is, it, is it Serene? Is it McKellen? It's not Serene McKellen, but you are in the right territory because you did pick up on the fact that, yeah, it's that movie, all right? It's, it's the not other guy, isn't it? It is the other guy. It is yes. Christopher Lee. Is who it was, Christopher Lee. And that means, Lisa Marie, you have an opportunity to win it with this particular one if you can identify the voice. No pressure. Pressure, Lisa Marie. Here we go. Right. Can um, you can you clinch it at the death? Trevor Downey. 
Yes. Yes, you got it in one. Oh. Uh-oh. Go for it, Cy. Fortunately. I, I honestly no, don't know. No I, this, this is the first this is the first one in my wheelhouse. This is Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber is it it's not Hans Gruber. You kidding? It's not. Whose real name is it's Alan Rickman? That yeah, it, it, well, if, well, look if you want to be fussy about things, and Alan Rickman is actually on the list for later on. Yeah, uh, no, it's not. It's not Hans Gruber, but it is oh a guy who's God, been I in a diehard. Anchor and hit the ball. It's been a guy who's who's uh, been in a diehard movie as the big bad guy. All right, but I think Hans Gruber was number one. He was in the first one. Yes. He. This guy is With Jeremy three. Irons. It's Jeremy Irons. <laughs> There you go. It is. It is. I think the best thing Scar we can do. Scar from The Lion King. Yes. I think the best thing we can do is declare. I thought declare that was Alan Rickman. It's, it's a cordial draw. We shall just declare that a cordial draw and move on to the main business of the podcast. Before I do that and get to the first topic, which I've thrown you a, a, a little bit of a loop here, um, it's going to be Sean Dyche because I want to speak about Sean Dyche. Uh, but before we do... <laughs> <laughs> I just saw some great picture of Dicey out, out in the lock. Uh, before we do talk about Dicey uh, and then get on to Liverpool and all the rest of it, um, it's common for me to see if you've got anything you want to open up with. Literally no pressure here because we're, um, uh, we have plenty of, plenty to be talking about, but um, we'll go kind of reverse order this time. Lisa Marie, did you have anything to begin with? Um, I can use this either as an intro or an outro. Do you have a preference? Oh, so you you you've got one. You've got. An, I've got one. Yeah. Okay. Let's keep. Let's keep. If it's a quote, let's keep the quote for the outro because that might fit in nicely there. So I'll come back to you with for that at the end. Uh, Cam, did you have any opening thought or anything specific that came to mind you wanted to mention? No, I'll do mine as an outro as well. You're doing yours as an outro, right? So that's the pressures on you, man. Anything to open with? Um, my anything. Is this like a meaningless statement? Obviously, you don't listen to the show on a regular basis. Yeah, how very do you? I literally never listen to it. No, I, 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 you should see you should see my list of podcasts. It's, oh, it's I know. I'm just really boring science, and that's it. <laughs> uh, well, my, I'm going with my my opening remark because I'm totally changing the context of this, is McDonald's is the greatest feat of branding of all time, given that its food is absolutely filthy, and yet it still dominates the world with people lying about it. Oof. I knew you'd bring the, 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 the darker conspiratorial element to it. I'm delighted with that. That's nice. We may well actually circle back to that exact topic uh, because of something I want to get to at the end. But before we do, can we just give a little bit of credit where it's due to the absolute force of nature that is Sean Dyche, who gets sacked on a Sunday and is out, um, or a Saturday, was it, and is out the next night um, at some local rock bar going to see a band. This is one of the weirdest things that I've seen uh, this season. And then maybe it's not. And the reason I'm bringing it up is I kind of want to talk to you guys about it in the context of the league table. 
And just to show that we're not completely, although we are, completely Liverpool-centric, I just wanted to have a look at that question with you because it seemed to me at the time to be a bit of a weird one to sack Sean Dyche when he has a game less played uh, than the two teams beneath him um, and they are only three points off the team above them and only... Well, there are a considerable amount of points off the team who are above that. So do you think, and so si, I'll start with you on this, do you think that decision to uh, terminate Deutsch's contract was a kind of an acceptance of the fact that they have now sort of decided, right, we're done? Does, is that what that seems like to you? What is it, six games left? I think there's some more racism going on here. I think they're secretly the board hate gingers and they've been waiting <laughs> to pull the trigger. <laughs> <laughs> they just finally saw the opportunity went, fuck it. Ginger bastard. <laughs> Ginger out. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it, they waited for the sun to come out. That's what it was. They, they, <laughs> saw, they saw the pink skin and that was enough for them. Men sick. <laughs> Just triggered their inner latent hatred. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it, I don't know. Like on on a on a on a on a basic level, it seems a weird one. I have to say, I did I did not see that coming unless he's got something lined up and they're opting out. Because again, where I'm going with this, and I'm going to have to clarify this live. Uh, man types as he talks, uh, and I'm typing Manchester City fixtures in case anyone's wondering what the banging is. Um, I think. Unless I'm mistaken, don't Manchester City have them in their run-in? Have, have, have I got that wrong? Oh, no, no, they don't. They don't. Okay. I was worried about it as a kind of potential on-the-beach game for any uh, opposition for us. But, no, I don't see Burnley in there. In fact, they played them quite recently, didn't they, and beat them 2-0. Okay, that's okay. That takes away a lot of the stress from that topic for me. So, I feel better. Now. I yep. find this, such a, this is such a weird – it feels like a – It'd be interesting what Elisa thinks. It feels like a British, one of those British cultural things that we do, in that Sean Dyche is just, he, he plays the worst football, absolute scummer. Why wouldn't you hate that prick? And then all of a sudden, everybody's feeling sorry for him. And 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 the Burnley bot, the racist ginger Burnley bosses, they are now <laughs> the evil enemy. And and Sean Dyche, who is who, you know, he did something, he, he was good at his job, who cares? But the thing he did was an atrocity. Nobody liked that stuff. And now he's not good at his job anymore because really coaches have a shelf life of three years and he hung on for dear life. Um, and he deserves to get sacked. And he's, uh, uh, why would you have sympathy for him for the football that they produced anyway? It's, you, you don't have to just whack the ball long and fight people and spend 38 minutes of ball in playtime and cheat to stay in the Premier League. I don't, you, you just don't. There are lots of examples of, uh, of, the, of the, the proof of the contrary. I just, that people now, this outpouring, suddenly people have this great respect for this guy when they didn't before, makes me sick. I'm not a big Sean Dyche guy. I can't really 100% agree that people didn't have respect for him before. I think... He was pretty highly rated. I like, but maybe three years ago, maybe three years ago when yeah. they finished like eighth. Yeah, and I, look, don't get me wrong. I would, I would have an exactly identical opinion around the type of football 
that he played uh, with Burnley of late. It was always <clears throat> beyond agricultural and basic and highly unattractive. But I guess it was always functional enough to survive. And that's actually interesting. Let me let me hop that to you, Lisa Marie, before I finish with Cam on this. You know, as a comparative uh, recent recruit to watching a lot of football, um, do you find that is a real feature uh, of watching Premier League that there are certain teams who you just know are going to, like Simon says, almost make your eyes water as you watch the, you know, really sort of basic uh, and and often quite ugly style? Or can you, again, because you've mentioned um, uh, coaches from different American sports recently on, on podcasts, can you see, you know, a certain level of, of um, uh, why people might have some admiration for someone who can keep a team in a, a difficult league, even if it is, by any means necessary. Well, I, yeah, uh, yes. Um, I, you know, I agree with Simon that, yeah, you know you are definitely not going to be watching anything entertaining when you are watching Burnley play. Um, you know, it's just in the last few seasons when we've played them, I'm just hoping we get through with them without them damaging one of our players um, with all the yep. big, you know, grocks that they have. <laughs> But I do have a level of admiration um, for Sean Dyche for, yeah, keep, you know, knowing that he, from what I understand, it's been a very, you know, a shoestring budget, if you will, and being able to keep that that team, you know, up in the Premier League, um, you know, for the last few seasons. So I, I think there is something to be said for that. But the thing that struck me the most was I just thought it was such weird timing. I mean, why? You know, you've got what six games left? Why? You know? Yeah, it's really it's really see weird. The season out, and then you know, yeah. sack him after the last game. It's just very strange. The, the, very you, very strange. You're right. You're right. They've got seven games left. They've got a potential twenty-one points to play for. And 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 Cam, let me with that in mind, let me just go to you on this to wrap this topic up because it's the far end of the Premier League. But again, you know, we're egalitarian on this show, and we like talk talk about you know, all, all things football. On the bottom there, you've got Norwich propping the whole lot up and Watford are only a point better off and they look pretty much done and dusted. Uh, an awful lot of people seem to think, although, to be fair, like I said, Burnley are only three points better off and then Everton are in 17th with a game in hand over Burnley and two games in hand over the bottom two and they are three points ahead on 28. And there's a jump then to Leeds who've played two games more than Everton, and they are some five points ahead of them. So if you have to call it now in terms of who finishes where, do you think the table pretty much stays as is, or could you see, is there the potential? Well, there is the potential, but do you think it's likely that Everton might slip into that? No. Um, the table will stay as it is. I've, I felt that way. Um two, three months ago. I just felt the bottom three deserved to be the bottom three, despite how atrociously bad Everton have been this season. They've been fortunate that there's been three teams that have been worse than them throughout the yeah. whole season. I mean, I'm just looking at the table as well now. Burnley have won four games, Watford six games, Norwich five games. You, you don't deserve to be in the league. You, you, you're, just, you're just whipping boys, ultimately. Um, 
Everton have won eight games along with Leeds. That it's just bottom three is shocking. Burnley have been shocking for years. I mean, I've wanted Burnley relegated for years. It's mm. you what you as a fan. How can you pay money to go and watch that? They're just robbing you blind. It's as simple as that. It's just not. There's no satisfaction in watching that type of football at all. You may as well just go down to the local park on a Sunday morning. You, you know, it's the same. It's not. There's not a huge amount of difference. You know, um, go and support another local team that needs money um, rather than pay for shite like that. Absolutely fair, and I'm I'm glad we got a chance to talk about that. Now, I'm not sure if you have uh, seen it today, but this is just to introduce the whole City game because I'd like to talk about the FA Cup semi-final if we could. Uh, I'd like to talk about whatever aspects of it you want to bring up. But there's just one thing I'm going to introduce. I can kind of predict, I can imagine where you guys are going to go with things, but there's one thing I want to pick up uh, on. It's a, a male article that I sent on the cam there earlier on um, just <laughs> left me speechless, I have to say. Um, a, a remarkable concept for an article, uh, which basically suggests the following. Uh, the male sport online tweet goes like this. If Pep Guardiola's side want to win the treble or quadruple in the future, then they need a bigger squad to match Jurgen Klopp's side. And this is by a fellow called Jack Gohan. Now, it, the mind boggles. Um, it really does. And I can only assume that that is a very cynical, clickbaity type article because I won't be clicking on it to actually read it. Uh, but if that's what they're putting in their tweet, you know that that's what they're driving at and they're going to try and get some um, outrage and all the rest of it. But it's a remarkable, remarkable thing. And it makes me, again, I don't know what you thought, but again, let me throw this out there before I go around to you guys for your takes on the City game, whatever they happen to be, whatever aspect of it you want to talk about. But let's also just frame it up with this. The responses to uh, Liverpool's win at the weekend, um, from what I can see, from what's re- some people seem to really enjoy re- um, retweeting um, imbeciles onto my timeline, and it, 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 there are times when I flirt with 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 uh, you know possibly ridding myself of the individuals who do that all the time, and then I realise they're just good lads and they're good ladies, and they're just getting a bit um, getting a bit off their chest, so I just let it go. And I've gotten very good at taking a deep breath when I look at my Twitter timeline and just say, yeah, it's okay. And let people say what they want to say. Because I will regularly disagree to the very core of my being with people who I know are nice people and kind people. And we have stuff in common, but they say some ridiculous shit. Uh, and they then, in when they're in this sort of negative mode, can retweet all these imbeciles onto your timeline. And I, I, some of the bitterness in the tweets I've seen from opposition fans, I mean, it t- what it tells me is we're doing something right, I have to say, because I've never seen anything like it. People are doing circular logic. They're tying themselves in knots, trying to come up with t- hot takes about why we are this or that or the other, and it's always uncomplimentary. So with all that in mind, Simon, what was your big takeaway from the City game at the weekend? I mean, whatever aspect of the match you want to talk about. The single biggest one is is we won. 
it the smugness that that affords me is just you can't buy that you really can't i didn't go to the game i don't care about the fa cup the only thing that remotely um intrigues me about it or uh, it enthuses me in any way is that it is that i i do appreciate what the opportunity is for like families to take their kids to see it's a great occasion i i saw the 86 um double it was like one of the great moments of my life and so so that i, I think is a wonderful thing that we can that we might go down in history winning the four trophies that we entered is the coolest thing and the only thing that i care about for the fa cup so so i don't care about the fa cup in the first place right but but screwing with city and screwing with city fans is just a joy and a pleasure um and seeing the cognitive dissonance that that followed to all day with there's a, the, the article you're talking you talk about there's one in the times there's one in the guardian there's one in the telegraph miguel delaney's done one there's one on cnn um five i saw seven of them today and they all say almost exactly the same words it's one of those weird oh, suddenly the media say have exactly the same narrative where does it come from i like I, it must it must come from the twitter the the tiktok higher ups or something they they see statistics on tiktok of what triggers triggers people to click on them and so they all write the same thing or, or i don't know i don't know where it comes from utter garbage how can how can the same papers talk about the genius of pep guardiola how much money he spent and poor pep can't compete because he doesn't have a big enough squad how can those three things exist at the same time blows my mind and it doesn't pull my blood it just it it, it makes me laugh at how ridiculous they all are i mean that's my that's my take as well i, I have to say because like i said you, you see people just they must be quite literally physically in nuts by the end of writing an article like that because you, it's it, it goes almost beyond cognitive dissonance into kind of a, le a level of madness and, and denial that re that's required to come out with, with, with opinions like that and then to sit down it's kind of psychopathic really to sit down and 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 go through the act of writing out that article and, and 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 hitting send on that article and being happy to stand over it with your name and a byline it's 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 weird stuff and, and you it know never, it, it, do you not find it's weird how how they can write these things but they never they they're, they're writing about city's team can't compete with liverpool's because liverpool's squad's bigger now but they never give credit for building the squad that liverpool have built on the on a third of the budget that city has it's almost like that fact doesn't exist and and yeah. because because that's not in the first fucking paragraph which it should be let's be honest that's the point that is the whole point i mean it's the story the st should be how amazing liverpool are yeah that's course, it that should course, be the only story i mean it doesn't seem like that long ago since i was talking to to both lisa marie and cam here about how i felt a level of frustration that i can't really fully articulate that we have in our potential best era with our potential best squad ever we have to deal with the sports washing fuckers and all that that goes with that and the ridiculous depth and riches of footballer that they can as uh, assemble there <laughs> and now <laughs> now it's as if 
that point of view is, is kind of quaint because uh, all of a sudden something happened in the last couple of weeks where the squad that we had when I was saying that is now uh, 11 times better than Manchester City squad and poor Pep. I mean, it's it's beyond. Also, poor Chelsea. You, you poor Chelsea. have to go yeah, from yeah. Two, two, two sport washing teams of, of more than a decade to feel sorry for them both. It's, it's, oh, if I had hair, I would have ripped it all out. <laughs> I know, I know. I, and, and you know, can we just say something as well about that uh, on the Chelsea thing? And um, I'm going to come to you for your, your uh, uh, city takeaway in a second, uh, Lisa Marie. Uh, oh, sorry, Cam. I'll go to Cam next. Um, but can we just say something about the whole Chelsea thing as well? Because th- this is this is relevant. Uh, I saw somebody, and again, this is a person who I, I, I kind of have a lot of time for because of some of the things that they espouse and some of the things that they say and some of the football opinions that they have, in fact. But after Chelsea um, beat Crystal Palace to advance to the FA Cup final where they'll be playing us, uh, and the the squad for that game was announced... There was someone who printed the uh, Chelsea bench, which had Kepa, Thiago Silva, N'Golo Kante, Romelu Lukaku, Christian Pulisic, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Sal Niguez, Hakim Ziyech, and Akiko Malang Sar. The only one who a lot of people wouldn't have heard of. And he said, Chelsea's squad is, squad death is shit. Look at this. And I'm going... Are you serious? So now, what, 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 where we are, Simon, just to finish on this with you, where we are is where we, we are with so many other things in the world. You just say a thing and then it's real. And now uh, that's your position and you're sticking with it. You don't have to interrogate those facts. It's fine. You've adapted the position and it doesn't matter if it's inherently idiotic. Yeah, you just have to ignore facts and just pick ones that make you happy. It seems. Can can I just <laughs> can I just can I give give you give you maybe ten words? Conor Gallagher, Tomoe Bakayoko, Ethan Ampadu, Matt Mazinga, Mazanga. Um, let's go with Emerson, um, Kurt Zuma, all all lads. On loan from Chelsea, so yeah. Chelsea had this massive squad, and they just loaned everybody out anyway. Like that, the, they have this tiny squad supposedly of of thirty eight players that can't get a game, and then they've also got this massive. I think they had forty two players out on loan at the beginning of the season. They've sold a bunch of them just just to to get around financial fair play, which was genius on Chelsea's part of the way they've ma- they've manipulated it but still fact remains they've got a shit ton of players really good ones uh, perfect example would have been literally the FA Cup semi-final of which they controlled uh, who their opposition could play couldn't play their best player and we're supposed to feel sorry for them it's just so weird man yeah it's it, I, 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 I think it's important because you don't hear this People don't say this. It's not pointed out. It's important that there's at least one or two shows just saying this. 
uh, on, a, on a semi-regular basis. Uh, Lisa Marie, moving away then from uh, Simon's take on City, what was yours? Was it, was there, was it a similar one? Do you have a completely different takeaway from it? What was it? You're going back to like the match itself or just Manchester yeah. City in general? Anything, anything, anything to do with that game on Saturday or anything adjacent to it, whatever you like. Well, you know, the first thing my husband pointed out when we were watching the game Saturday morning was the big banner that Manchester City had to put up to cover the empty seats that they weren't able to uh, get people to sit in. Yikes. So. Yeah. Yeah. That was a very interesting uh, thing. Uh, there were, or fortunately, and I think you'll probably agree with me, uh, it was unfortunate there weren't several more empty seats given some of the idiots who uh, well, yes. <laughs> made themselves heard on the day. Um, that's been discussed and talked about in many different podcasts. And, um, unless Cameron wants to come back to it, we'll, we'll, we'll skip past that. But aside from the um, the, the the shortcomings of of City in terms of selling tickets for a freaking semi final, um, I heard no, someone. No, 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 Trev. They sold yeah. them all. Oh, they did. Of course, that's exactly how what how they uh, they do at home. They 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 sell out every game. It's just that they're that half of their fans are so rich they don't go. Apparently. That would appear no, to be. They, they sold all of their tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so sorry. Of course, that's sorry. You're, I should have said that. Absolutely, that, we misspoke. That, that's that's what makes it more egregious is that these people don't. <laughs> they're not arsed. They don't even come. They're not ours. That's 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 quite remarkable. Um. Anyway, sorry, Lisa Marie. Uh, apart altogether from that, was there anything, any takeaway from the match? Um. You know, some people have, have referred to that as possibly the best. 45 in um in the Klopp era that may be a little bit of a stretch I'm not sure what do you think well as as you and I were sort of messaging at halftime the first half was fun to watch you know we've had our conversations before about football I I feel as though we jinxed ourselves perhaps but that's okay because it all turned out all right but yeah I mean it was just it was so nice to be able to just sit back and kind of watch the first half of the match without I mean, I was expecting, you know, for my shoulders to be in knots by the end of the game, you know, just from being on the edge of my seat and, you know, tense about what was going to happen. And, you know, the first goal went in. I was like, all right, okay, yeah. And then, you know, and then I'm like, I can't, you know, and as it continued, it's like, I, how are we 3-0 up at halftime? What, what is going on? And anyway, so it was, you know, it was very much, but even still the second half, while, you know, it, it didn't go maybe quite the way we would have liked for it to. It was still, I didn't still have that level of, of tension that I really honestly expected to have for the, for the entire match. So that was, that was refreshing. I agree with you. I mean, yeah, it's Manchester City and yes, they got their goal and yeah, we changed things up and then we had, you know, the team that we'd all like to have, um, uh, you know, and oh no, no, sorry, I'm getting my games mixed up. But you know, we we did we did sort of change things up a little bit and whatever. It, it I I I didn't feel that anxiety either. I have to say, it felt even though we tried desperately to give them an opportunity at the end of the game, um, it just felt okay to me throughout, which is nice and it's not a feeling you're used to having. I'd agree with you completely on that. And 
Cam, again, I mean, I want to get whatever your takeaway story was. If it's been covered already, you can feel free to chat about the next thing, the last topic I want to bring out today for the show, which is uh, an awful lot of people are very big into NFTs at the moment. Um, but uh, we have our very own um, very, very dominant NFT at Liverpool. It's got nothing to do with any of those shitty little caricatures that they're selling to people. But we've got the Naby and Fab and Thiago midfield that an awful lot of people have been hoping to see for a long time. Uh, I think, I think, yourself included, uh, it seems like now that they're all fit and available and in good form, it's hard to argue with that, starting all the big games, which means all the games between now and the end of the season. Feel mm-hmm. free to jump into that topic if you want, but go to your own story first, man. Okay. Um, well, where do I actually start? I mean, I was thinking, do I start with the um, the empty seat situation and how there's only 73-odd thousand at Wembley, which is capable of holding 96,000, 95,000, whatever it is. Um, because I remember when I went to see uh, Liverpool versus Barcelona, there's 95,000, 96,000 there that day, predominantly Liverpool fans. So I thought, do I go there? Do I go to the disrespect show and join the minute silence? I'd love to get uh, um, some sort of... Um, measurement quotes or readings of the the decibel levels when that disrespect was shown because it certainly felt louder than anything like uh, the city fans produced later on it wasn't just a small minority it felt from where we were sat in the stadium and i was sat behind the opposite goal and even in my hard of hearing state it was loud well, it was loud enough anyway, and it's, it felt louder than at any time when they shared the two goals. Um, then I was thinking, should I go to the NFT situation? And, uh, you know, but obviously that's something we'll, we'll discuss after what I will go to. And, and what I will go to is um, that moment, Matunilla, it's around the 20th minute mark. And... The Liverpool fan base showed why we are one of the best fan bases in the world. Um, that moment when we were just all on our feet, singing LA, 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 the scarves were going, you know, it was just, just one of those moments where you've seen the clip, you know, the, the BBC clip that's showing the fans and then they show Klopp with the fans. Clopping, you know, CC clock, and then you see the, the fans behind and the hairs on the back of your neck uh, are just going up. Just watching that clip, you've seen the the clips that people in the Man City end have taken and, and have said, "Wow, that is real support." And and that's what it was. It was gen. It was a genuine moment where we were just so in sync, and it was just so beautiful and it's just so glorious and so magnificent and and to have been there to be in the middle of it and to have participated in that moment it's something i'll take to you know to the end of my days um it was it it was like the 
I mean, there's 40 odd thousand Liverpool fans in there, give or take, yeah. And that was just, it was louder than Anfield has ever been that, that I've ever noticed. It was just something else, you know. I know I've said a lot, but at the same time, words fail me to to do that justice, to give it justice for, for what that moment was. And um, other clubs can only be envious of that. Other clubs can only be jealous of that. What we have as a football club, the connection we have now as a football club between the manager, the players, coaching staff and the fans. And even to a point, you know, with the hierarchy, what we have right now, nobody can nobody can take that away from us. Nobody. I'm glad you went there because there's a certain smugness that Si mentioned earlier on that I felt. Uh, and I'm glad you said that because I was going to ask you anyway because you, obviously you were in the ground. It felt like a home match. It really comes it was more sound, than a home match. It yeah, like it, 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 it's, it sounded at times, you know, so dominant. And, you know, I know there's a bit of a discrepancy there, but they could, it shouldn't have been that much that they couldn't make themselves heard, but it, it, it really they, they was. Couldn't they couldn't, they couldn't no, compete on the pitch, and they couldn't compete with us off the pitch. Yeah. There, 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 there are levels in, in football, and there, there are also levels as a fan base of how you conduct yourself within supporting your team. And it was evident on Saturday. You could hear a pin drop in the city end. You would have, you know, that's what it was like. You, you, in our end, it was, it was bedlam. I mean, don't get me wrong. When they scored the two goals, uh, you know, as you would, you know, a little bit of, you know, when they got the second goal, a little bit of nerves kicked in. But I'd, I'd said before the game, I mean, one of the lads had asked me, uh, before the game said, um, he always wants a prediction. I'm like, I don't do predictions, you know, come on, give me a prediction. I said, all right, we're going to hammer him today. He goes, why? I hadn't seen the team line up yet as well. I said, we're going to hammer him today. So I said, what? He goes, how can you say that? Um, this is Man City. So I'm just telling you, we're going to hammer him. And we did. We hammered him. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah, three two in the end. And But we could have had two more. They could have had two more. It's the way the game went at the end. But that first half, we hammered them. It was like the 18-19 um, the Champions League semi-final against yeah. them at Anfield when we were freeing them up at half time first 20 minutes we blew them away we hammered them and yeah that's that's what happened there so um, yes go on Sai Sai do you want to come in the beautiful smugness that um, you're so right about our fans and the connection in the club my, my wife is a, a, a lifelong Derby fan and a season ticket holder and um, she is now properly thoroughly a red, though gutted today have Derby have gone down. But like she she often says, like how lucky we are and, and our kids that they are born into this. And this is the religion of their lives. Um, and from from working within the game, like coaches all over the country at our biggest opposition, they talk with envy about the connection with the club. Uh, with the fans and the city and the unity is totally unique in this country. I think there are other clubs around the world that have it or have something similar, but like no, no club in the country have this, this like visceral connection. This not just visceral, like the stuff we've suffered through that connects the club and, and the humanity 
um, to to the people that nobody else has gone through. Um, and it, it's like loss and tragedy that and victory and success, the combination of those those both ends, absolute ends of the spectrum of human feeling, that that is what gives you connection. And I think partly that's that might be what what the cynicism of some fans have towards the the owners because they feel like they can't possibly you know feel they can't possibly share that but but we have it with each other for sure like it's and 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 the clubs around the coaches around the country they they are absolutely no they love going to Anfield and they are very very jealous of of um of the situation that we have and and the the amplified by the very very unique character that is the is Jurgen Klopp you know I'm glad you went there because there's nothing that sums up what you're talking about what Cam's introduced as a topic better than that thing that is now a glorious end of match uh, tradition where he runs to the to the fans and does the triple fist bump I can't tell you how much I love that I and I can't I and I love it on so many levels. It makes me feel happy and and gooey inside. I love the the manifestation of that connection the two of you are talking about. But I also think there's a, a bad part of me who's th- that's thinking, oh, this is fucking winding up other fans so much because they don't have this shit. They've never had this shit, and they never will have this shit. Even Ferguson didn't do stuff like that to connect with the fans when United were, their, or were at their absolute peak. And I just find it's the best symbol of what you guys are talking about at the moment. And I am just keeping an eye on the clock, guys, and it's rocking around to the hour mark, and I don't want to keep people longer than much longer than that. So I'm happy. We, we don't have time to talk about United, which is the next game up. Um, because the show won't have any time to breathe before it's um, on top of of the game, uh, which is tomorrow night. We will probably be reconvening, hopefully, if everybody can, um, before the Everton game. So we can talk a little bit about, hopefully, how that United game went and um, how the Everton game may go on that particular show. But, like I say, with the time sort of rolling around, Let's finish it up. And I've introduced that idea of the 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 Keita, um, uh, Fabinho and Thiago midfield. And I'm just going to get a quick take, no more than a couple of sentences from each of you, about that. Don't don't feel you need to go into any depth to justify your position. I just want to hear your take on it. I'm going to start the ball rolling by saying that I hope that you know when we rock up to an FA Cup final when we rock up to those FA uh, to to those Champions League semi-finals and I would have to say in most of the league games that are left in other words in most of the games if we can at all I would hope to see that combination and it's got nothing to do with agendas about any other footballers it's just that I think they are the best for us at the moment Simon can I start with you because you're going to have to put your scientist hat on here and you're going to probably tell me I'm talking nonsense because you know, there are other circumstances, other very, very important factors that come into consideration, especially when you're talking about lads who have had injury histories like um, Thiago's most re- recent history and obviously Naby Keita. But I can't help feeling what I feel. I want to see those guys doing it. I think they are the best platform for whatever three are ahead of them. Um, you're taking that side. I 
I am totally in love with this midfield. It's the midfield that I've dreamt about for two years. They are everything and more than I'd hoped. Thiago might be the best midfielder I've ever seen in my life. He is he is the fantasy that I have. That uh, He can do the fantasy that I remember Glenn Hoddle and Platini doing when I was a kid that made me fall in love with football in the first place. Yep. While whilst being a snide, Graham Soonest-type bastard, but with a cherub of a face so you don't ever think he's being thuggish, he dictates the play like no but like you think Xabi Alonso did but he didn't if you live through it he didn't he didn't do these things um Thiago is the best version of this keeping him fit changes our season entirely and now we have Naby the Naby that we were promised for a year after paying all of that money if you if anybody listens to UP you will hear me talk about a, a cruncher a buzzer and a spreader is my perfect midfield this midfield have the perf- have have those three but not only do we have all those three each of those three have the perfect amount of each of those three attributes it's wonderful i want to see it as much as possible and uh, they're going to they're going to drive us to the the all four titles and i'm so happy <laughs> I love it. I, I I was I was thinking it was going to be me that would get in the first four trophy reds reference, but as long as it's life, I'm not going to stop saying it. Uh, Lisa Marie, you're taking this uh, going forward. Like, it, is it is it is it uh, caution out the window if we can get these guys onto the park between now and the end of the year? We got to do it. Or do you have a kind of um, anything else in your head? Like, I mean, do you think actually we, we can't do without um, whatever intangibles are offered by having your captain on the pitch? Or do you have and taken it yourself? No, we the, the, we have to do whatever we, we possibly have to, can yeah. to get those three lads on the pitch. Eh? Okay. And Lisa Marie, you're taking it? Oh, I, I mean, I absolutely agree. I mean, I you know... I was just thinking as, as both you and Simon were talking that it's probably the fact that those three were on the pitch was part of what was contributing to that lack of stress watching the match on Saturday. I think you're right. Yeah. You know, I mean, I didn't really think about it at the time, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, you just have a different level of confidence when Nabby, Tiago and Fab are playing. I mean, you just know that they're, you know, chances are, you know, I mean, not to say everybody can have an off day, but but they're going to get the job done and, and they're going to do it with, you know, that level of skill and calmness and and everything else that is who they are to get it taken care of. I mean, I have to say, and I don't know who the commentators were um, for my FA Cup coverage, but I mean, it was sort of refreshing that even one of them was singing Tiago's praises throughout the match. Um, which I thought was, you know, a little bit different than what we what we often hear. Um, they were even calling going so far as to call him a maestro. So, you know, I think others maybe are starting to realize the impact that he has when he is playing, you know, in the midfield for us and and the the level of control that he brings and and everything else. He is he's like the conductor. He is you know Absolutely. he is directing the orchestra that is our team. Absolutely, so. and that 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 the, the involvement in the 
in the Sadio goal, which may be one of my favourite goals oh, of all time. Beautiful. I mean, just everything about him is just is is just so spot on at the moment. I I I, I agree entirely with both of you. And Cam, bring it home for us. You're taking the. Uh, on the midfield going forward for the rest of the season, have you got any uh, any uh, wild, uh, uh, contradictory notions about it, or are you as excited as we are? Oh, can I be contradictory? Please not do. On this, not on this occasion, I can't. I'd, I, I'd love to be. Um, <laughs> no, this is the, the midfield three that I've always felt are, are technically our best three midfielders that we have at the club. Uh, the skill set that they all possess is is just wonderful. Uh, they all three bring something different, but they, as Simon said, they also bring something the same as well, and that's control of things. And if if you control that midfield, you win football matches. It's it's, it's as simple as that. And these three, you you can give them the ball anywhere with any amount of players around them and you're not thinking, oh my God, why is that why have they you know, that player received the ball in that position. With those three you just know they're still going to do something with it. Um I thought Nabi first half was was absolutely phenomenal. I thought the, the pass from Tiago from for Sadio, um, you know, where where he just he just paused. People don't see that pause, you know, and just before he, he dinked it over. There's just a Touch of a pause, but it's also his movement because when he pat he he was it was a give and go pass. If he doesn't go, he doesn't get to do the the ding. And it just their intelligence is 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 miles and streets ahead of anything else we we possess at the club. Um, it is a question of um, keeping them fit and available for the rest of the season. Um, I, I as much as I'd love to see them start the next eleven games or you know that we possibly have available. Um, I don't think that quite happens. Um, I still think they will be managed going forwards in certain games. Um, and, and, and I think rightly so, you have to, you've got to use the squad that we have available. Um, because there's always that little nagging little fear in the back of your mind that one of the, the two eights is going to just break down on us for whatever reason. So I think we've still got to be just a touch cautious on that in that regard. Um, and we've only really had a sample size of two games uh, where the three of them started. That was Benfica away and and the game on on Saturday. So um, you know, let's let's hopefully get a uh, you know another twenty, thirty games, forty games, fifty games, sixty games out of these guys going forward because teams are finding it difficult to live with us as it is. Just imagine what it's going to be like if those three can play that many more games together. 100%. It just feels like a platform on which titles are won, I have to say, and hopefully that will be the case and we'll be able to wax lyrical about those very titles. And we're just going to wrap the show up with a last-minute thing from anybody. So if you want to give your quote, if you want to give... The only other alternative I'm going to give you is a plug, a quote, or if you want, uh, you can uh, uh, give us a TV rec. Any of the three are a okay by me because they're all 
good ways for us to wind down the show here. So we'll go in our same loop we've been going in for the last while. Um, last words from you then, Sai. Anything you want to finish with? Either, like I say, some sort of a, a thought or, or, or sum up thought or something that's been on your mind. Or if you don't have one of those, give us a TV rec or uh, what was that third one I said? Oh, yeah, a plug. Nando's is the second worst pile of lying shite. <laughs> I can I can walk out of my house and find fifty people who will who will lie straight to my face and tell me how amazing it is. <laughs> oh, <that's... laughs> I used to love Nando's. <laughs> we, we, it was great. We were taken down to uh, chicken-based behemoths. On the back of size contributions tonight. Nice one, my friend. I really enjoyed that contribution. Uh, Lisa Marie, are you going to finish with your quote, or do you have a plug, or do you have a TV rec for us? Which are you going to go with? No, it's not exactly a quote so much as a description. Oh, yeah, go. This dessert starts with a moist and easy vanilla cake. The batter is so simple to put together. You could simply use a whisk to combine everything. Then there's the berry filling. You could think of it as homemade jam, but not quite as thick. Use an even mix of strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, and raspberries, but you could use whatever combo you wish. The mascarpone whipped cream frosting is used to add to the cake filling and to frost the cake. It is so light. You basically make whipped cream and add mascarpone cheese to it. Just be sure to add the full amount of powdered sugar to make sure the frosting stays stable. It makes a great addition to the cake and keeps things light and fresh. Berry Marscapone Layer Cake has layers of fluffy vanilla cake, fresh berry filling, and Marscapone whipped cream frosting. It's light, fruity, and the perfect dessert for spring. And also what I made and served at Easter dinner yesterday. Tom's put uh, a little photo in the chat so you all can admire uh, it. This is inspired by Michal's sandwich last week, isn't it? Tremendous. A little bit. A little yeah, bit. Yeah, tremendous. I love it. I love it. It's it's it does it does sound quite quite tasty indeed. Uh thank you very much, Lisa Marie, for that. <laughs> and you almost did it in your um please step out of the airplane voice, which makes it all the better. Uh, My narrator voice. Yeah, your narrator voice. Cam, what's your final thought for the show before we wrap it up and get out of here, my friend? Uh, two. I've got two little things. Firstly, TV wreck. Um, I've just finished uh, watching on Netflix Race uh, Bubba Wallace um, about the African-American NASCAR uh, driver. Uh, they did a little documentary on him, about five, six episodes, I think it is. So that's well worth a watch. And um, for this second bit, I'd like Lisa and Sai to both come off, uh, off mute if they could, because um, I want them to... Uh, sharing this one and today is um, the 18th of April and nine years ago today we sadly lost the the Iron Lady Anne Williams and I think it would be nice if we just did a, a little round of applause for her because of all the good she did for the Hillsborough campaigns and um, I'd rather I think an applause is more more appropriate than, than uh, a moment of silence, if that's okay. Can we do that? Uh, absolutely. And this is Tom Williams. 
Absolutely. Super idea, Cam. Thank you for Lovely. that because in the context of what happened at the weekend, uh, that's a nice pure moment to end on. Look at size cake. Holy shit. We're getting stuff dropped into the chats here, folks, like you would not believe. Uh, that's that's pretty. Uh, we should we should wrap it up here. I want to say thanks to Sai for joining us this week. Say thanks to Lisa Marie and thanks to Cam as well for their contributions. I've been Trev Downey. This was the Anfield Index podcast. And if you like it, and uh, if you listen to it, unlike Sai Brundish, you should tell your friends, spread the word, get it out there, let people hear what we talk about here, the madness and the sensible and all the parts in between. We will see you possibly again at the end of the week before the Everton before the Everton game and be after the Manchester United game which is tomorrow night it's a hell of a time to be a red hope you're enjoying it take care we'll speak to you soon we hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.